This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Kyle, can you lead off with the topic? So this week's topic is going to be about people who shouldn't do IVC, and is that you? Um, what we think are some reasons of why maybe you wouldn't want to do IVC and you know, save you some time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if, if these things bother you, um, you know, either keep researching or, or move on, I guess. So yeah, that's kind of what we hope, you know, the value that this provides you. So I think to lead off, you know, we can start with is you might not even qualify. Like you might not have good enough health. You might have some sort of prior condition that won't even allow you to qualify for life insurance. So you might not be able to insure yourself. I mean, you could possibly be the owner of a policy insured on somebody else, but you should just realize you're not guaranteed to get a policy on yourself. Yeah. And um, another thing I would add to that is it's completely fine to get a standard health rating. Mm -hmm. You know, there's standard, there's preferred, there's preferred plus. I mean, different companies have different terminology for that. Um, You know, and you can get even get a tobacco rating and and things can work out okay. That You're definitely going to start to see decreased cash accumulation um, when you start talking about tobacco ratings. Mm -hmm. Um, But if your true goal is to have maximum cash accumulation and you are rated because of, you know, a prior health thing, maybe you're diabetic or something, um, that is definitely going to significantly impact how much cash value you're going to accumulate. Yeah. Because... the costs of the insurance are going to be higher. It could still possibly make sense. It just depends on the situation. But yeah, definitely might not work out like yeah. you want it. Something to be aware of. But biggest thing is, can you qualify? Yep. If you can't, uh, this this will not work. No. So you have to either find somebody else or just not do it. Yep. So. And there probably will be some limitations on somebody else. But sure. it's it's absolutely worth investigating and, and you know, doing still. Definitely. Definitely. So the next thing is, um, it's a long-term commitment. I mean, this isn't going to be one year in and you're positive on your money and, you know, it's all looking wonderful. Yeah. This isn't the market. Uh, S&P goes up 30% and you're like, oh man, I hit a home run and you cash out or something, you know. Um, This, I mean, it's going to take a while. So be ready um, because it you want to know for sure that you're willing to commit time to this because this isn't something that you want to stop in two years. And it's like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I, I promise you it's not going to work out um, yeah. in a favorable manner for you at that point in time. If you have any doubts in your mind about this, do not do it. I mean, you're going to regret it. And then you're going to go around saying, oh, this is so stupid. It's a scam. I tried doing this and it didn't work. Like you got to be committed. Yep. And you got to understand, like, when you're getting ready to do a policy with somebody, make sure that you understand what's going on. Make sure that you understand the premium that's going to be paid. Make sure you understand the minimum that's going to be paid. And make sure you understand what happens if you don't pay the full premium every year. Because it's not going to grow like it, you know, it was shown. Like what's illustrated. Yeah. So, 
make sure you have a, a good level of understanding as well. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. So don't, and just one more thing to add, if you are still on the fence and have some doubts, that's okay. Just don't get started yet. Yeah. Keep researching, keep, keep educating yourself. Yeah. It is not worth it to be like, oh, well, maybe I'll, I'll understand more and maybe it'll make a little more sense to me. Maybe it'll be a little better once I get going. Don't do that. No, keep, keep researching beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, and another thing is finding the right agent. This is something Jason and I have talked about quite a bit from coming before we were in the industry ourselves, finding agents, talking to them, you know, whatever. We didn't think much of anything, but then being in the industry, talking to multiple people who also talk to other agents and hearing what other agents are saying. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty staggering the amount of disinformation that's out there. And it's just like people will say anything that, you know, has maybe just a sliver of truth in it. Yeah. They sensationalize whole life insurance to be something that eh, maybe there's a small degree of truth to it. But at the end of the day, um, no, don't. Yeah. Or they'll, you know, somebody will bring a policy to them and be like, hey, I was got this policy illustrated from me and then they'll say, oh, well, that company, they overstate their dividend or they do this, they do that. You know, it's like, <laughs> or maybe, maybe somebody comes to you and, you know, maybe the policy is showing a 4% internal rate of return, but they're like, but then if you factor in taxes, you know, now we're at, and they come up with this number of say 11% or something like that. And, you know, that's going to vary for everybody, maybe for some people. I mean, maybe it does get you close to that. I haven't personally seen that yet. Um, but be aware. I mean, that is absolutely sensationalizing the product. Yeah. Okay. We, and that's it's one, not it's not ever going to do that. No. And it's one reason why we say, you know, process over product. Whether that process is IBC that you want to do, or if it's the process of accumulating capital. So Yep completely fine to analyze and look at these things but you know at the end of the day realize that this this is life insurance this is a slow and steady financial tool it's it's never going to produce double digit returns no it is an and asset that is the best thing about it you can use the money elsewhere to you know grow the flexibility that the tool gives you yes that and that's why we use it i mean that that is the purpose of this product is death benefit and then being able to use the capital elsewhere to provide a return while also earning a return at the same time in the policy. Yep. That's plain and simple. That's, that's what it is. It's what it does. Yep. I agree. It's not a magic money tree. (laughs) So you mean we can't print money? No, we can't. Unfortunately not. Uh, because I've seen that in people's marketing, like this is the next closest thing, you know, to being able to print money. It's like, Oh my gosh, don't do this. I mean, you talk about asking for regulation in an industry. I mean, keep saying things like that. If you want to print money, you know, work at the federal reserve, (laughs) but it's not, IBC is not going to do that for you. Yeah. Please don't relate it to that either. No. (laughs) Um, this, I mean, this comes up, in almost every single conversation, you know, I don't have all my money in my first year. That's the next thing. 
Um, yeah, you know, is that's, a- that is life insurance. Um, there's a death benefit and, um, the cash value is the net present value of that death benefit minus, you know, future premium payments that will be made. So yeah, it's, it's smaller than what you've paid in at this point in time. Um, and it's going to be that way for a while. It is going to be a while before you have a gain on this policy. You won't have one in year two, likely not in year three, likely not in year four. No. Um, so just beware of those things because if that is something that you are intently focused on, I mean, a savings account in the early years is, is absolutely going to be better than the life insurance policy would be. Yeah. You got to get past that stage of liquidity or you're, or just don't do it. Yep. Um, I mean, we, we can design um, a policy as much as we can for upfront cash value if, if that's somebody's goal. But at the end of the day, we're never going to be able to design that policy to where it has more money in the first year than what you've yeah. um, paid in premium. But just, we, we can't do that for you. And you might be giving something else up for short-term gain in that policy too. So whether yep. that's some long-term gain or long-term being able to pay in, you know, something along those lines. So. Yeah. I think another thing that's important is, you know, picking the right premium. So if you're if you're wanting to get started and but you're wanting to pay this, you know, huge amount of premium, but you don't have those premium funds available right away. And you're talking about in the first year. Yeah. I I'd, I'd be like and even if you get approved by the company to do it like don't do it. Just start with start smaller. Maybe if you don't have all the premium that you want to pay upfront right away. We can design a policy where there's room to grow. We can design it to where you can pay that minimum upfront. And then if things go the way that you're thinking they're going to go, you can fund it more. But I would be very certain that you're going to be able to fund it at the full level sometime soon. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, we've created a policy with a lot of death benefit that was unneeded. Yeah, which is going to drag the policy down. It's not going to be the end of the world. And you can grow into it later, you know, which is fine. But you also need to understand that policy is not going to perform very efficiently. Yep. Because we basically grabbed a five-gallon bucket and we only needed an eight-ounce class. Yeah. You know, just for an analogy. It's not, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but we've also just seen where people do that and then they, you know, their policies aren't growing as they thought they would or they don't have as much access to cash. It's like, well, you didn't max it out or you didn't you didn't pay much premium over the required minimum so i mean they're struggling to keep up with the premium that's due yeah or just starting out the bat way too big and just not being able to pay what you thought you were originally yeah. gonna pay yeah and we're kind of speaking specifically about one case that we have <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways but yeah it, it, it's definitely something to be careful of because um it's not a fun position to be in no, your, and it's not you. it's not good for the agent, it's not good for you. So Yep. Or the um, company. Yeah, it's 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 a lose, 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 really. Yeah. Um the last last thing I have anyways, um, is being aware that many, many times the loan interest rate exceeds the earning rate on the policy. Yeah. Um it is so heavily often marketed, you know, dividend rate is six percent loan rate of 4% or 5%, you have this 1% to 2% spread that you're earning. 
we've said this so many times, dividend rates are gross rates, gross crediting rates on policies. Um, that is not what the internal rate of return is on your policy. No. Um, and it, it's not going to be very often that you're going to see a spread there where you're, um, where you are making more on the policy than what the policy is charging you in loan interest. I yeah. mean, if you just logically think about this, um, how could a business, you know, that has loaned out these dollars to you now, instead of putting it into an alternate investment, how can they pay you more than what they are charging you for the loan? Yeah, okay? how can, how if can a they business pay? did that for very long, <laughs> they they wouldn't be in business. How can they pay you to take th- their money? Yeah. I mean, it's like the magic uh, money tree. Yeah. Um, that isn't what life insurance is. No, there's, there's no magic about this, but you, I mean, you will see cause dividend rates move slow, you know? So, I mean, you will see at sometimes where that does happen though. I yes. mean, but it is rare and it is just so overstated how, yeah, 6%. Oh, there's a spread. Just realize when you hear that, that it is not true. Yep. Um, the, the thing that you have, you know, that you can work to your advantage is the thing that you do with the money. You know, like for mm-hmm. me last year, purchasing land, I needed money for a down payment. That worked out beautifully last year. Yeah, what's the rate of return on that? I mean, it's a lot more than the 2%, you know, spread from the dividend rate to the loan rate. or Yep, or, or whatever it is yeah. happens to be in a person's individual policy. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the other thing, you know, about this is... You know, just having awareness because you don't want to know these things after the fact. That is going to create a lot of buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be as aware of these things as you possibly can be before the fact. And I I think that then these drawbacks won't look that significant. But if you learn these things after the fact, that's when you start to get upset. Yeah. And you you should not be afraid to ask your agent any type of question too, like anything that's holding you back or whatever, or any type of question you need to ask them so that, you know, it could be answered before you dump in however much money into a policy and then you decide, well, I, I didn't realize that, you know, so. Yeah, awareness, um, I mean, that that is to your advantage, being aware of everything that's going on. And, and you know, this isn't an exhaustive list, but... These are some of the top things I think um, that are the biggest drawbacks for people wanting to get started with IBC. Yeah. Yep. So I hope this was able to shed some light. If you guys are having some questions on stuff revolving around this, um, we'll be back next week with a new podcast. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.